center and coming in is Loom. Newendike centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are underway this hour. Welcome to the Scotiabank Saddledome in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. And welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450. Or explore the full line of safes at Calgary Lock and Safe. Yeah, we're here at the Dome because we're wrapping things up for the 42nd annual Calgary Flames Celebrity Charity Golf Classic. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. West from uh, Post Media, Steinberg, and uh, the 42nd annual Calgary Flames Celebrity Charity Golf Classic is uh, now in the books as uh, people are starting to uh, starting to arrive here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Another great event for, for the uh, Calgary Flames Foundation. And as you said earlier this week, for Wes Gilbertson, this day is the official kickoff of uh, the season for the, uh, for the Calgary Flames. So now, according to Wes, the 23-24 season is officially underway. You heard it here first, I believe. It uh, and I, I don't question a single thing that comes out of your mouth ever. No, nor should you really. <laughs> this, this is puck drop on the season for me every single year, and the timing doesn't always sync up with the start of rookie camp. But but in this case, or prospects camp, as as the Flames would would prefer it to be called, in this case, it does the. Youngsters arrived today and were put through their paces, did their medical testing, yep. did their fitness testing. They'll be on the ice for a practice at Winsport. I know you and our good buddy Vicks are going to be in Penticton for the Young Stars Classic, including games against the Oilers, the Jets, and the Vancouver Canucks, and then come back to Calgary, and we've got the entire group in town now And in, in terms of the veteran players. They've been skating together informally That'll continue until next week when they report for training camp, and and then it's go time. Suddenly we're into split se- or split squad preseason games, and before you know it, it's October 11th and the opener against the Winnipeg Jets. Yep. And so this is it for me. This is uh, golf tournament day is always the day that you kind of flick the switch and say hockey's back. Do you uh, do you get the sense and from being there uh, and being at the luncheon on Tuesday and being uh, at Country Hills this morning? Do you get the sense and do you feel like there's um, there's always anticipation? It's always exciting at the start of the season. Do you get any more sense of anticipation or buzz or excitement? You know, because we, we, we and, and last hour, um, wherever you get your podcast, the first hour of this Wednesday edition of Flames Talk was all about Lindholm and Hannafin and their futures. And that was a big topic at Country Hills. But even off the record and off the mic, I know you spoke with Craig Conroy away from the microphones. I spoke with Craig away from the microphones. I got a uh, good, you know, 10 minutes in with Ryan Huska. Just he was there because uh, he wasn't able to golf this morning but he was there and and making sure that he was getting some face time with clients and people golfing and so I, I don't know you could there is definitely a sense of energy and and yes the Hannafin Lindholm stuff was was big news but then there was also a, a little bit of a buzz and and an anticipation for the season to come which I picked up on from some other some other faces who maybe their futures aren't as uncertain you know yeah and, and the big thing that I picked up on was just the some this group has something to prove and, and talking to the players we talked to this morning the players I chatted with yesterday any you know informal chats with guys last year there was this sense of, of huge excitement across the city let's see what all these new guys might be capable of and this year it's a lot of the same guys back with something to prove and that you get a sense on golf tournament day what the storyline of the season is that's it for me. This yep. this group wants to show that they're too talented for where they finished in the standings last season. 
Uh, Pat and Wes, along with you, this is the 42nd annual Calgary Flames Charity Celebrity Charity Golf Classic. And, of course, all the funds every year go to the Calgary Flames Foundation. And uh, we can't talk Flames Foundation without saying hello to Candice, who is with us here in the Hot Stove Lounge. Hello, Candice Gowdy. How are you? Good. I'm excited to be here. Um, Thank you. How was the day? Uh, we saw you We saw you this morning, and uh, you were uh, running around, as you always are on this day. But how did it, how did it go? This takes a lot of planning. This takes a lot of legwork to get off the ground. I think you were shotgun at 9.01. Yeah, we got off at 9.04. Thank you. 9.04, okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a lot of people work really hard to put this together. Is that four-minute delay on Rolly Sear? Yeah. <laughs> yes, actually it was. <laughs> it was actually delaying all the carts on their way out. Anyway, so I will blame that on him, but it is. Yeah, I mean, we're on 54 holes. We use two golf courses and three 18s, and we had just about 400 players out there today. So it's a really big, it's a it's a big event. It's a welcome back. It's a, officially the start of the hockey season, and it's a really big deal for the Flames Foundation. So tell us, like, I've never asked you this before, so take us through the... Um the legwork that goes into putting this all together? When does it start? Um, you've, you've had your partners with the golf courses for so long. Mm-hmm. You've been working with Country Hills and uh, Glen Eagles for a long time, and you've done this many times, so that doesn't mean it's easy to put together. So take us through the process. Yeah, it's uh, event planning is funny, right? I have done this a lot, and then every year it's still quite shocking. <laughs> it's uh, It's, yeah, I guess that's just the way events go. But we start planning it, you know, in early spring, like late winter. We try not to talk about golf during the hockey season, especially in times during like March. But we do quiet planning and obviously a lot of bookings. And then, you know, it, it's just a lot. You know, we had over 50 activations out there right so it's just you know we try and make sure that there's lots going on the course but not too much that it slows it down and there's lots of food and beverage offerings and we have the saddle dome out there right with new offerings that are going to be at the saddle dome this year and a ton of our food and beverage partners and um 80 celebrities and you know a lunch the day before everybody comes and they pick up their tea gift and they find out where they're playing and who they're playing with and then the next day you know we've got a breakfast and a course full of stuff and then we come back here for dinner and we've got a ton of fundraising here so raffles and there's ping pong and cornhole on the floor and we've got live music and a live auction and so it is it's good it's a it's a it's a big production and it's a great way to officially start the season and you know the guys are back in town and everybody gets to hear you know about the off season and plans for the season uh and it's great it's a really great opportunity to do it I don't want to keep you too long because I know that you got to get back on the floor because I know there's a thousand things going on. <laughs> but why is this such an important event for the foundation? Yeah, this is one of our biggest fundraisers, this in poker. Um, so it's critically important for the things that we're raising funds for. So it's, it's very important for us to be active in our community. So the people out there today, there's almost 500 and their season ticket holders and their sponsors and their fans. Um, and, you know, we have someone here from the Rotary Flames house today. So that's very important. And the funds that we raise through both golf and poker they go towards things like the Rotary Flames House, which we're going to hear about today. And the Rotary Flames House, you know, it's a it's a it's a place for families with a child impacted by life limiting illnesses. So, you know, it is a hospice and it's also providing incredible respite care for families and for for parents, which is, you know, just the saddest thing that you can think of. But there was a gap, you know, when we opened Rotary Flames House in 2008, there wasn't anything like that in Southern Alberta. And it's just addressing so many needs for families that need it. And it's a pretty special thing. Hockey season's coming up. Flames even strength, right? One of the biggest things that we do since 1998 is help kids register for hockey. So financial assistance for, you know, f- more than 400 kids and equipment uh, and all of the hockey programs that we run or help run, Hockey Heroes, Flames Community League, First Shift, all of those different things and the grade six program and all the park spaces that we're investing in. So it's just this, the people in this room help make that happen if anybody's ever bought a 50 50 ticket everybody that comes to golf and comes to poker it's uh it's why we do it yeah and it's uh, really important what uh what does the rest of the season have in store for the flames foundation what are we uh what are we talking about for the year ahead yeah we've got lots yeah we've got lots of events coming up we're already planning our poker tournament we've got a ton of tons of great things happening around games uh i don't know if people saw the theme game schedule yet but we've got a lot of really really cool community um themes which we'll be activating really 
really neat things around. Uh, we are relaunching our 50-50 this year, which is going to be awesome. We have a couple games where we have the winner can win 60% instead of 40%. Okay. So every Tuesday game, and there's a lot of them, fans will have a chance to either win a great prize every hour. We're doing draws every hour and or it will be a 60 40 draw so 60 percent to the winner so we're pretty excited about that and we've got some cool things with that program way more prizes and stuff so it should be pretty cool and uh, we've got some cool charitable announcements going on you know it's funny i was <laughs> at my desk the other day and we just sent 1.2 million dollars out the door quietly right which is like for all of our annual programs which is the y and the rotary flames house and scholarships at universities and half a million dollars to hockey programs and i was like, this is a lot of money we should probably say something so no here i am i just thought i'd squeak that in just ah! yeah, just, just slide that in yeah, yeah 1.2 so, million yeah it's and that's at the beginning of every, every september 1.2 million goes out the door for a variety of different things um yeah, so it's going to be busy. It's going to be great. We're excited for the year, and I think you can get that sense from, you know, all the players today and uh, and our, you know, office staff too. We think, yeah, we, yeah that's going to be great. How does it feel to be in charge of $1.2 million? Well, we send $5 million out the door every year, approximately, between 4.5 and 5, but every year it's 1.2. And you know what? That's a – those – it's a great thing in September because it's partners that we have been dealing with for 10 years and we've watched these programs grow and the impact zone significantly like heroes and superheroes. So heroes is a hockey program for kids at risk, marginalized families. Uh, and they don't want to play hockey. They have people in their lives who are like, you need to play sports. Mm -hmm. And the, the outcomes from a program like that are just so significant. And we try and talk about we try and tell the story all the time in the foundation about why we should be it doesn't have to be hockey right this is such a sports and rec is such a safe place for people to fail right to get cut from a team to not be on the same thing as their friend to play poorly and learn how to bounce back to work hard and um so much of what we do is about those lessons as well as taking care of yeah. kids who need it the most that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks for stopping by. As yeah. always, get back on the floor. Yeah. I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, I should go. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks Candace. Bye, guys. Thank uh, it's you. Candace Gowdy of the Flames Foundation, the 42nd annual Calgary Flames Celebrity Charity Golf Classic. And we got about seven Candace laughs in as well, which the text line was always, is she going to laugh? It took like 12 seconds. And, uh, it's always a highlight. It is a highlight. Thank you, Candace. Um, and if we want to slide Speaking in our of highlights, uh, yeah, look who uh, look who's decided to stop by as well. It's Pat Steinberg, uh, that guy right there. It's just uh, that's perfect. Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson along with you, and uh, now happy to welcome in Flames defenseman Nikita Zadorov, who joins us here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge as well. Uh, thanks for doing this, Nikita. How you doing? No worries. Good. Good. How how'd you shoot? Uh, not bad. My group was pretty good. I think we shot 11 under, but our handicap's pretty high, so hopefully we got a chance for the net score there. Okay, good. When uh, when did you get back in town? Uh, yesterday. Oh, so you're, uh, you're fresh back in the city, hey? I am, yeah. It took me a little bit uh, adventure to get here, but we made it. <laughs> from where? Or you, from, Florida. From Florida yeah, again? Yeah. Take us through the adventure then. Uh, missed a couple flights, so <laughs> nothing special. Okay. So <laughs> don't want to embarrass, embarrass myself too much. Okay, yeah. it's a frustrating adventure. Yeah, then. don't fly American Airlines. Okay. Uh, they're, they're not a sponsor, so yeah. that's not a tough start. Yeah. <laughs> that's a tough start. Uh, how you feeling? How's the uh, – how's what's the buzz like? What's the feel like? Is you're back in town for another year? No, good, exciting. I mean, it's been a long summer, obviously um, – kind of not don't like really experience to not making a playoffs that's why you got to train a lot so it's been a long but actually quick summer and really exciting to get back to Calgary and get going what was we spoke to you on the last day of the season when uh, you did your locker clean out what what's the mindset going into the summer and the off season coming off of last year and and knowing that the entire group felt like they were capable of, of way more no, I know. I think it's definitely was disappointing year last year. We should have made playoffs. We lost some games we shouldn't uh, lose. That's what uh, kind of stopped us from there. Um, I mean, there's definitely unfinished business in here for sure. Is that because um, 
it kind of felt like that the year before as well after the playoff loss, but did it feel like there was even more motivation going into this summer and, and um, kind of having that with you as you went into your off-season training? Well, I'm personally, I'm really motivated for sure. Uh, for me, it's main thing is make playoffs. Uh, uh, individually, obviously, I have some of my own goals, what I want to achieve this year, but as the team first on there for sure and then uh, to make playoffs I mean there's a lot of changes in off season there's a lot of uncertainty still in the team uh, either guys want to be here they don't want to be here we don't know what's going on I just got here too I just started <laughs> talking to the guys so I'm not sure uh, but uh, I know from one thing I'm going to go up there and give everything and I'm going to try to make uh, not even try we're going to make a playoffs this year for sure the uh, the new management new coaching staff what's uh what's your feel with craig conroy and uh ryan huska in two brand new spots yeah i mean uh obviously more familiar with husk uh he's been d coach for the past two years really intelligent really smart coach uh so i think that's going to be really good for us and uh something different from daryl so I think uh, a lot of guys going to be more com comfortable with him for sure than last year uh that helps uh with uh uh, Connie, uh, he was uh, Brad's assistant last year, so I think definitely don't know what's going on still because it's something new for him. First time uh, being the GM of an NHL team, so I think we'll see where we goes from that. We're chatting with uh, Nikita Zadorov of the Flames here on Flamestock. Nikita, let me just pick up on a, a couple things you've mentioned so far. One is the uncertainty in terms of a lot of guys entering the last season on their current contracts, you being one of them. I think you told us in mid-April you'd like to be a flame for life. If I, if I remember the comment correctly, I'm just curious from your standpoint, any sort of update on, on your contract status or what you're thinking moving forward? Well, um, I mean, I was waiting for offer. Kind of, we didn't go that way yet. So we'll see. That's, that's all I can say so far. Yeah. Fair enough. What has to happen when you talk about unfinished business with the group? How, how does a team need to use that to its advantage or, or how do you use that motivation sort of properly to make sure it doesn't happen again well I feel like last year didn't happen because not everybody bought in uh, I mean I think there was definitely some uh, um, not not happiness in the dress room based on coaches and the stuff the where the team goes and everything so i think this year we just need to put this aside before the puck drops and when october 9th our first game october 11th, 11th I think. Yeah, yeah sorry uh so i think we need to figure the stuff out before that and then everybody go with the clear heads into the season and believe in each other i think for sure um uh, to play as the team to make a playoffs like you have to you have to believe in each other you have to buy in and you have to be 100% for sure. So I think uh, that's that's what we've been missing last year. Is that a conversation that happens behind closed doors? Or, or does a fresh start kind of take care of that? No, it will be conversations for sure. Yeah. I, I believe it will be. And then I think that's at least where I'm at. That's where I'm see. So for sure, I hope a lot of guys have that message as well. We uh, will be asking different guys about, you know, we've talked lots here in Calgary about bounce back seasons from an individual standpoint. And... You're not a guy on that list. You scored 14 goals last season, statistically your highest scoring season. I, I'm wondering, when you come off a, a career high like that, how, how do you kind of push that forward yourself? Well, I mean, it's it's uh, definitely give you confidence. I don't think I'm going to score 14 goals again because it's not my job. I mean, I'm, I'm focusing as a top, good top four defenseman in this team. Um, I showed a lot last year. I, I uh, deserve it. And I think I can do it for sure. And just to be a good teammate as well. I think there's definitely a lot of learning process for me as well. I'm only 28 years old and I'm getting better every year I'm in the league. And I'm learning every year. I'm learning from my teammates. I'm learning from coaches and I'm open to do that. Last one for me. You've been working as a defenseman with, with Ryan Huska, obviously. What, uh, what do you expect out of Ryan as he becomes the head coach of this group? Yeah, I mean... Um, Definitely won't be any problem X and O's because he's super smart in that. So we trust him in that for sure. I think the biggest difference from the old coach is going to be uh, the feeling to go to the rink. You know, uh, I think it's just going to be different. It's uh, it's going to be more exciting. 
uh, not like it wasn't exciting with Daryl. It was just different, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was a different work. It's always hard work. Um, he was a little bit old school in that way, so he had his things like you can smile and not that thing. But this is going to be more, maybe a little bit looser, but in good way. Not too loose, but not too sure, too straightforward. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think it's just going to be a diff- l- big change for s- most of our guys, and they're going to be back playing hockey and be exciting and to do what they do just a few more with uh, flames defenseman nikita zadorov want to go back to you said uh, you don't think you'll score 14 again but you know i i remember when you came here i remember when you re-signed here you talked about hey there's there's more offensively that that i can contribute um 14 the most that you've scored at any point in the season uh in north america even going back to your time in london but like do you feel that that's a, an area of your game that has taken big strides and, and there might be some more steps to take? No, I mean, definitely, like, you got to know, like, I'm not a Kale McCarr or Eric Carlson who's creating those chances. My teammate's creating the chances for me. So when I get open, when I get a chance and I get a pass, I can put it back on the net. You know, I have a decent shot, I think, and I can pick the corner and then uh, go, it can go through. So... It's it's actually it depends on my teammates if they're going to set me up pretty good. And they have last year, so that worked out really well. How important will it be for this group to have a captain this season? Really important. Um, I mean, I feel like, my opinion, it's only one guy in the room who should be captain in here. You guys probably heard about, I think Michael is definitely our captain. He's been our captain for past two years I've been here. It's just the formal thing to put a C on his shoulder. And um, it's definitely... Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's that's how simple it is. Okay, very cool. And finally, I, I want to wrap it up because Wes asked you, and I know I fully respect there's nothing you can say about the contract stuff, but when you said that you'd like to be a, a Calgary Flame for life, how come? Like, what about – and we've asked you this before. I just think it's cool always hearing it from you. you you've, you've really enjoyed your, your two years in Calgary and back for a third. How come? What what about here, the Flames, the city, has, has really rubbed off on you positively? I just – I don't know. I just enjoy it. It's hard to explain what exactly I like. I just like it here, you know. It's 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 – uh, I mean, I think people were just so grateful, so great to me. Uh, my two years here, I think for sure, like it's just, I just feel like home. I feel comfortable here. That's that. That's all I can say. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, well, we're happy to have you. Good, yeah. to, uh, good to have you in here as well. Uh, thanks for doing this, Nikita. Right, good no, luck this no worries, season. Guys. Hey, thanks for the time. Yeah, that's uh, Nikita Zadorov of the Calgary Flames joining us here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. We're here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It is the 42nd annual Calgary Flames Charity Celebrity Golf Classic. Some words probably out of order, but you get the gist. Just. Uh, a couple texts coming in that I think we should read. Yeah. First one says, what a great set of thoughtful answers from Big Z. We are lucky to have him followed up with a wow, Zadorov is refreshingly honest. I Just a great interview. If they were to put a letter on that guy, I'd have no issue with it. I, I fully understand that there's nothing he can uh, – you can't be too open about the contract stuff and um, – kudos to you you asked the exact way that i would have asked it and uh, uh probably better than i would have asked it and and i i respect that but i you all you can't see because you're listening and this is not a visual medium but uh even when uh, the last question i was asking him you could see him light up about talking about calgary a huge smile on his face he really really does like it here appreciate the organization uh so on and so forth yeah he's he's a guy who i don't think had found that perfect fit in his career until he got to Calgary. And it certainly didn't start as a perfect fit here. Certainly not on the ice. I think he was healthy scratch for like six of his first seven games That's with right. the Flames. That's but right. he's become a, a really important player on the ice. And I would say, and we don't have a total read on this, but I would say he's become an even more important culture setter behind the scenes when when he talks about how we weren't all on the same page last year we're gonna have a conversation about that if we don't believe in the group we're not gonna we're not gonna achieve what we want to like that whether he's wearing a letter or not that's leadership that you heard there that and you need that guy behind the scenes to say hey boys we're not sweeping this under the rug let's remember why this went sideways last year i think that is so important and Really, honestly, tonight I'll listen to that interview again. Like, there was so 
there was so much good stuff there from Nikita Zadorov. If you missed any of it, yeah. you'll want to check it out on the podcast. Just really, really open, really honest, and quite frankly, some things we haven't heard before. Well, that did you like the Michael Backlund? So I, I didn't again. I don't want to. I don't want to follow up because I know you could even tell. He's like, nope. That's that's all I'm going to say about it. But I, I wonder because we know that Michael. There's, there's a lot of talk about. Only got one year left, may not re-sign, may not be here. But, I mean, Rasmus Anderson said it last year. Multiple guys have said it. He just won the King Clancy Trophy. You just had Nikita Zodorov say straight up, like, Michael Backlund's our captain. Right. That, that, uh, that won't be forgotten, that's for sure. It, it, it's, a, it's a challenge that the Flames are, are going to face as they put the C on someone's jersey is that – if it's anyone other than Michael Backlund, there is that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as we continue along from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, uh, this, uh, this gentleman looks like he's uh, straight from the golf course because uh, he kind of is. Uh, Dustin Wolf joins us here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge as well. How are we doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. How how'd you shoot? Team played pretty well. It was a uh, 12-under, but, I mean, that's nothing – Nothing close to what the winners are going to have. <laughs> that's, a, that's a veteran move, right? Straight to the team. The team. Straight <laughs> to the team. Okay, how did you contribute to the team? I was good off the tee. Okay. okay. That was good. See, Fair enough. I got some length to my drives, but everything else is kind of a mixed bag. Uh, see, that's honesty. That's a, that's a I, good awareness of your game. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Dustin Wolf with us here as uh, he enters another season with the Flames organization. How, uh, geez, it's been a while since we've spoken to you because we spoke to you a lot there as the American League season was ending into the playoffs. Uh, what was the summer like, though? How you uh, how you feeling for another year? It was great. Um, you know, summer flies by fast every year. Um, no, it was a good summer of training. I was here most of the summer training with Dubes and a few other guys. Um, so obviously looking forward to getting camp started next week and, you know, see what uh, the season holds here. So uh, what is that? Is that the first time you've stuck around here primarily for the summer? Yeah, so first summer I've stayed here relatively the whole time. Um, I went to Los Angeles for about the whole month of August, but other than that I was here and um, no, it was good to uh, – to be with Rick and Kalen and Gordon, um, you know, try to prepare myself the best for for this upcoming season. So, what? Uh, how? How? How do you think it might make a difference being here in Calgary pretty much all summer long? I mean, they work us hard. Workouts are no breeze by any means, and um, you know they suck in the moment, but at the same time, <laughs> they uh, hopefully they benefit you for for the long run here. And um, I guess we'll see for next week in testing. Uh, how are how are you feeling? What's uh, what's the excitement level like to get another year going here? Yeah, obviously, I think there's a you know a big season ahead of me for myself and also for for the teams, um, whether it's the Wranglers or or the Flames. Um, you know, I want to come into camp and you know show what I can do and try to push for a job and um, you know just try to do whatever I can to to help whatever team I'm on you know win games. What uh, what a little bit more uncertainty maybe in terms of where you're going to play. You were the last guy to start a game in the NHL for the Flames in game 82. What is is that exciting? Is that uncertainty knowing that maybe there's even a little bit more there for for you to be taking and uh, a little bit more on the table? I'm just curious how that motivates a guy like you. Yeah, obviously I still got to prove myself, you know, one game is one game. That's not, you know, it's not much to pride yourself on yet, but um like I said, just try to come in and, and win a job. Um, you know, I think it's good. We got three of us trying to to fight for it, and um, you know, at the end of the day, I want to help the team win games. And um, you know, I feel like the guy that's doing that best is going to have a good opportunity. Flames goaltender Dustin Wolf with us here on Flames Talk West. How do you approach that? Because I I know that you're so respectful of Jacob, you're so respectful of Dan, and and yet you want to play in the NHL. You know, and and you don't obviously fault any prospect who wants to take the next step so so how do you sort of approach that going into training camp that you're there to try to maybe swipe a job from one of the established guys yeah I mean they're both outstanding human beings um you know obviously good buddies of mine and you know at the same time you're you're working for a paycheck and a job and um you know you want to do everything you can to 
to show the staff and your teammates that you know you're here to to help the team win and help the team you know succeed and you know the end goal win a cup and um, you know I think it's it's going to come a lot down to how camp goes and how the start of the season goes and um, just kind of go from there I guess. You mentioned you know one NHL game under your belt so far. Did you? Do you have any keepsakes from April twelfth? Like when you when you look back, obviously you've got the memories. But I, I'm curious. You you've worked your whole life to play in the NHL, and and I know you're not satisfied with it being one game. But did you keep anything from that night that's going to be important to you? Um, I mean, obviously the puck. I think the the team took the puck and is framing it or something. Um, so that'll probably be number one. Um. I'm not sure if I kept much of anything else. I have my jersey from that game. Okay. So that's probably the biggest thing. Um, but, I mean, you have the memories and the pictures and, you know, the stories to tell. So that's probably the biggest thing, I think. What about the confidence? You mentioned the memories, but how much confidence did you take from your first game at the NHL level being as successful as yours was? Yeah, I mean, it's a building block to, to start on. Um, still a lot more to prove and... Hopefully I can do what I normally do here in camp and show what I'm made of. And um, again, I want to show the staff that I'm here to compete and want to want to play games regularly. So we'll we'll see what happens. I I'm always curious. Like on a day like today, we've got sponsors. There's fans, big time supporters of, of both the Flames and the Wranglers that you get to kind of mix and mingle with. What what do you hear from people, and, and and what does that sort of tell you about the impact that you've made so far in this city? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. People come up to me, and they, I feel like they know everything about me, and <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird in a way, but, you know, it's pretty cool that they keep keep up with what you're doing, and granted, I've only played one, one game in the league, so um, for them to know so much about how I've, you know, played throughout the American League and my one game, and you know, even back to junior, it's it's pretty remarkable, and I mean, I, just, I guess it just goes to show that, um, you know, they're they're excited for what the future holds. Is there any buzz out there about Lanny McDonald's hole in one today? <laughs> he had a hole in one. Yeah, yeah, you haven't heard. I have not heard yeah. about that. Cochran, yeah, you <laughs> heard it here first. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, uh, I mean, obviously that's pretty. Do you know which one he which one he Were put you it at in? Glen Eagles? No. Okay, so no. he was at the other course. He was at Glen Eagles in in Cochrane. Yeah, at, uh, at Country Hills, we had three holes on each par three. Okay. So like one was like fifty thousand, one was like a truck, and one oh. was like tickets or something. Okay. What'd you aim for? Whichever one was closest. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> Tried to put it on the green and still miss. So <laughs> that's about how it goes. Uh, we're chatting with Dustin Wolf of the uh, of the Calgary Flames. Hey. Wes and I spoke after your first game. Uh, we spoke, I think it was the next day, to Jordan Sigalette. And it was just, it was really neat hearing Siggy uh, talk about it and, and how, like, he was, he was very proud Papa. And, like, it was, it was pretty neat knowing, you know, Jordan's a real deadpan guy and, and has that dry sense of humor. And yet here he was. He was so proud. And, and, and it meant the world to see you get into that first uh, NHL game. I'm curious what the, the conversations with you and Jordan Sigalette, Flames Director of Goaltending, have have been like leading up to that and and since your first NHL game yeah I mean Siggy's the best right he's you know he was there from the day I got drafted um it was like Barb's wasn't here yet um Skapsky wasn't here yet so he's been he's been there since day one that I got here and um you know anything you ever need he's there for you which is awesome um, he actually picked me up from the airport a couple of weeks ago when I didn't have a ride. So <laughs> <laughs> last minute call, hey, can you pick me up? Sure, I'll be there in 25 minutes. So, um, no, he's been great. Uh, I know there's been some talks with him throughout the summer and obviously last season. Um, you know, hopefully some more opportunity and, and just see where it takes us. The uh, the the goaltending department that he has put together with Jason LaBarbera and, and Mackenzie Skapsky and this is overall like how uh, how how important has that been for your development since since joining the Flames? Critical, critical. I think for a goaltender to have a guy that you believe in that you trust, um, you know, is probably the the biggest part of it. Um, you don't really deal with the head coaches and assistant coaches as much, obviously. Um, but, like, I deal with Skapsky every single day. Um, would deal with Barb's every day if I'm up. 
Um, and even my first year when Thomas Spear was here, um, you know, he was like a second father to me. So that was, you know, really easy to come to the rink and, you know, have conversations with and find new, yeah. new ways to get better. So, um, you know, to have those relationships with the guy you're dealing with each and every day where it doesn't really necessarily feel like a coaching staff that you're dealing with, but he's like, you know, a dad or a friend to you, that it makes things super easy for yourself. Just a couple more. Wes talked about your respect for, for Jacob and Dan. What's what is uh, what's the relationship like with, with those two guys and, and kind of what, what have you been able to glean off of Dan Vladar and, and Jacob Markstrom? Yeah, I mean, Mark, he was, he's been there for me ever since every time I've been up at camp. Um, you know, he's the first one to come over and congratulate you. Like, hey, that was a sick save. Or, like, congrats on your first win. Like, he's always there for you. And, um, you know, Vlad is the same way. They're both, you know, not themselves first. They want you to succeed. Um, you know, if they find success too, it's outstanding. But they want you to succeed first. And, um you know, to have two guys like that that are there supporting you. And, you know, I want to do the same for them. And, um, you know, I think that's a good relationship and obviously a good, a good battle for him, for us to have each and every day. I just want to jump in with one more because Pat asked you about Mackenzie Skapsky, the goaltending coach with the Wranglers, and Jordan Sigalette, obviously the director of goaltending here at the Saddledome. Like, Mackenzie played two NHL games and, and Jordan played one and, and I'm curious what they've passed on to you in terms of the balance between being really proud of the accomplishment of, of getting there and being hungry for more yeah I mean I don't know if we've necessarily talked about that stuff a lot I mean um, like Skapsky was very successful in his couple of games that he played right, right? Um, so I mean he, he he did his thing and he went and played in Europe and um I mean, just each and every day, whether it's stuff that he found that he had success with or, you know, the goaltending position is always evolving and you're finding new things to, you know, make, make saves. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you make them if, as long as you make them. And um, I think that's probably the biggest thing is they're always finding new details to, to make you better. And, um, you know, I think they've done outstanding to this point. I find, and 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 this is not uh, no offense intended, but I find I find the position so strange goaltending because you're on a team and you're playing for a team, and yet it's such a small fraternity. And on, on any given team, there's only two guys. There's not twelve forwards and seven defensemen or whatever the case may be. And so we always talk about it on the outside, like a competition, like who's getting the start, and and yet your teammates, your in it for a common goal and you're you're playing for playing time you want that playing time how how have you as as your career has evolved balance that very from the outside again very strange balance of you're competing with a guy but you also all you want is success for your team and he's one of your teammates yeah of course and i think that's definitely something that's evolved over my last few years of junior and pro um you know, you, you want to, you want competition. You want to fight for a job. You want to fight for playing time. Um, but at the same time, you want the very best for the guy next to you. You know, you're fighting for, for wins, for fighting for a championship. And, um, you know, if they're succeeding, your team's succeeding, which means you're also a part of that and you're finding success. So, um, you want the very best for each and every one of them. And, um, no, as long as you're you're winning hockey games and and having fun, I think that's the the biggest part. Is that the uh, is that that mental approach? Is that key to approaching this year, knowing that now there's three guys that are in the mix for NHL playing time? For sure, yeah. You want to you want to compete. You want to push yourself and push them to be better. And um, you know that sort of competition makes not only yourself and your peers better, but your team as well. And um, like I said, at the end of the day, you need to win hockey games to yep. to win championships. So, um, you know, if you're pushing each other to be better and you know finding every little way to to win hockey games, that that's the biggest part, I think. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate the time, Dustin. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. It's Dustin Thanks, Wolf Dustin. of the Calgary Flames joining us here in the uh, Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. We're here at the Scotiabank Saddledome on a Wednesday as the 42nd annual Calgary Flames Celebrity Charity Golf Classic wrapping up. Back to back with Nikita Zadorov and Dustin Wolf, uh, two pretty uh, pretty well spoken and and straightforward guys. I mean, uh, there's not a lot of punch pulling with either of those guys, and and I've 
Dustin Wolf wants to play in the NHL. Yeah. And yet, I know there's a lot of people worried about what if he doesn't play X amount of games in the NHL. I I would not be. I personally am not worried about Dustin Wolf getting disillusioned or, um, you know, you want you want high competition. You want frustration in that I want to be playing more, but not in a bad way, you know. Like, yeah. and and I I don't get the feeling with with him at all that that is something that would. Um, be become a runaway train you know yeah i have this big grin on my face right now because i all i heard from dustin wolf and all i saw in his body language is i'm just gonna make these guys play me yep i'm just gonna stop a whole bunch of pucks and then like what are we what are we even talking about this for i i'm hey i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna show that i deserve to play and that is it it's not it wasn't cocky. It's not arrogant. But this is a guy who is confident in his game and basically knows there's one way t- to answer the goaltending questions here. And it's the same way that Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar are, are going to try and answer them. Just be the best goalie on the ice in training camp. Yeah. And I I just respect that about Dustin so much. And maybe it's the competition that comes at that position for your entire life. Like, it's... It's just, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you how good I am. I'm just gonna go out yeah. and show that I deserve to play. You guys can spend your segments on whether I'm ready, and I'm just gonna go out and show you. Yep, it's, I love it. I I do too, and I and I and yet, like I always think about goaltending. It always reminds me in a very similar way. It's not apples to apples, but it's close-ish of, of like a Formula One team, right? Like those two guys on an F1 team, they're part of a team and they're they're trying to win money and, and a right. constructor's championship for, for their team. And yet that's your number one competition too is you're, you're fighting like Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg was this epic uh, six-year battle at Mercedes and they were, they were like – Mercedes want them both to do well and they don't care who wins for the most part as long as they're getting one twos right. and uh podium finishes and yet those two were they now they hated not hated but they there was not a great relationship near the end it's, but they're always going against one another and that that so I've always found it very interesting because that's the best comparison I can use because there is no other no other position in sports quite like goaltender in that regard yeah, and and with the biggest difference being that the two teammates in F one both get to race. True, they're both they're, they and, both get the same amount of laps. And yeah? so there's there's this added, I suppose, level to it in goaltending where yeah, like you you can relate to your crease counterpart better than anyone can. So you become his sports psychologist you become his biggest fan you you know these guys are are close pals and yet only one of you gets to play in the game and so it does create a real you know there's a there's a real competition there there's only you know there's only one quarterback there's only one guy who gets the ball in his hands on that snap and and i like the way Dustin Wolf is approaching it. I, I, I'm probably trying to read between the lines on this, but I, he sounds to me like a guy who would be willing to take on a, a backup role as anyone needs to do as they make that jump. But, but you're absolutely right. Just a fascinating position because your biggest supporter is also your biggest competition. Your biggest competition. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like if only one of these microphones worked, right? I mean, everyone's hoping it's yours, and and rightfully so. But well, that's not true. The, <laughs> yeah, it's a fa- It's just a fascinating dynamic. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Dustin Wolf and Nikita Zadorov for joining us. That was uh, that was awesome. Thanks to Candace Gowdy for stopping by. A little uh, bang, bang, bang. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge here at the Scotia Bank Saddle Dome. Your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basement. Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. This is Flamestock. Join the conversation at 960-960. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 
Well, a lot that uh, we're digesting as uh, this hour starts to wrap up. Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson along with you on this hour of Flames Talk. And, you know, this hour we heard from Nikita Zadorov and we heard from uh, Dustin Wolf. And, you know, one of those, the, the Zadorov him talking about Michael Backlund the way that he did. Yeah. And, and we didn't have a chance to dive too much into it because Dustin came in right away afterwards. I just wonder how much, if you're Ryan Huska and if you're Craig Conroy, like how much does something like that? Because if he said that to us in mm-hmm. front of the tens of listeners to this uh, to this show, I'm kidding. To the people who are listening, I'm kidding. We, we love all our listeners, whether it's just tens or hundreds or thousands. We, we love everybody who listens. That's just me being self-deprecating. But if he says that on a on a like a live interview, right. not pre-taped, and he is that adamant that Michael Backlund should be the guy, I just wonder how much that makes an impact for Craig Conroy and and Ryan Huska when they decide to name that captain. Because of course, they're not just naming it. They're not going into a room and naming it without listening to the players. And I remember Rasmus Anderson saying last year, yeah, Michael Backlund's our captain. And we've heard that from a couple of other players that, you know, Michael's kind of been the guy. I remember talking to Michael uh, when he just before playing his 900th game. And even he talked about it wasn't like he was saying I should be the captain. But he just said now that Mark Giordano is gone and he is the longest tenured guy, you know, he's all of a sudden taking on the captain's role even behind the scenes like, hey, Obi, Sean O'Brien, the team services manager. Obi, we let's not let's not fly home that night. Let's stay over tonight, right. or let, let's let's stay over next week when we're in New Jersey and and not fly back the next day. Yeah, I just I, I it it really has me thinking. I know that he's only got one year left, and I know that we don't know what his future holds beyond this season. But there's more than one guy who believes he's the guy, and I just wonder how much that that makes an impact in the decision-making pro- process here. It, it's such a, a great point, and it it's both a conundrum for the staff, and I would say even more so it's a real challenge for whoever is named the next captain because I don't think it's going to be Michael Backlund because there has not been a long-term commitment or, or even, I guess, a mid-term commitment from Michael Backlund on his future at this point. And so you know, we've heard, hey, maybe it could be Rasmus Anderson. And I I think I've made it quite clear. I, I think he is the best candidate at this point. We've heard Jonathan Huberto's name, and, and he talked this morning about wanting to be more of a leader for this team. We've heard Elias Lindholm's name, and perhaps if he puts pen to paper on an eight-year extension, that's the route you go. We've heard Mackenzie Wieger's name, and you could go probably a few more names down the list and yet that's going to be your biggest challenge is that a bunch of guys in that room and we just heard it in the plainest of terms from Nikita Zadorov don't think that there's a guy other than Michael Backlund who should be wearing that letter. So if you're Rasmus Anderson or you're Mackenzie Weger or, or you're anyone other than Backlund and you're given that honor, that's going to be a real challenge. Yeah. And Michael Backlund is the last guy to rock the boat, but it, it's tough for a new captain to establish himself if a few guys in the room look and say, ah, that's probably the captain over there. Yeah. It's a real challenge. Absolutely it is. Uh, read a couple of texts as we start to wrap up this hour. Uh, this says, but can you name someone, Captain, whose future with the team is uncertain? I almost think you can. You send a message to Backlund that this is how much you think of him, which kind of puts a bit of pressure on them to consider signing. But if he decides to leave, it also puts uh, the owners of resp- onus of responsibility on other players who think they are captain material to step up. And let's just put this out there. If Michael Backlund wanted to sign, he'd be the captain. Yes. I don't think there's any Those help. conversations I... I no have taken place. Michael Backlund has chosen not at this point to talk extension. If his name was on a contract, he'd be the captain. But I think it's one or the other. You're either signing and you're the captain or not. Just my read on on everything, I still think that there is a chance – 
that at some point between now and the start of the regular season that we get that dual announcement. I still think Michael Backlund extension and naming him captain, but before the season starts could be on the table. Do I think it's the most likely thing? Not necessarily, but I still think there's a, there's a decent enough chance to not write it off because I do think that he, I, I do think that some of the off season changes made a difference. I do think what they did for him in Nashville at the NHL awards um, prior to him winning the King Clancy, Michael is a very, like this city and this organization, whether he stays here or not means the world to him. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, they made a video for him just before he went to the awards with all the different people that he's touched in his 15 years as part of the organization. A lot of people saying, thank you. I, I know that that, that made a massive difference to him and his wife, Frida. Um, so I just, I do think that there has been some movement in where his head is about staying here. Obviously not to the point that he's willing to do it today, right now. But I just, if this new vibe that we're all talking about means something. And it's fun to come to the rink. And, you know, Ryan Huska inspires the type of confidence that you know everybody hopes he's going to and and mm-hmm. you know guys like you and i believe he will i just i still don't think it's com- I, I don't think it's a completely crazy thought to think we might get that announcement at some point in the next few weeks i know the blue jays aren't gonna wait the first pitch on you and i so i'm gonna put you on the spot yeah. and we're gonna end it this way yeah. how many years would he have to extend for for you to name him captain more than one that's all okay because that would mean if he is not, if he if he extends for two, that means three more years. That's that's enough. For that's you. enough for me. Yeah. You? I might even say if he if he wants to sign one more one year deal and see where it goes, knowing that I I have a leader like Rasmus Anderson waiting in the wings and, and perhaps ready to take over, I'd even consider that. Yep. He's Wes. I'm Pat. That'll start to wrap us up this hour. Thank you to Candace Gowdy. Thank you to Nikita Zadorov. And thank you to Dustin Wolf. All joining us here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Our producers this hour, as always, Cam and Taylor. Thank you very much to the dynamic duo as well. Wes is on Twitter at uh, at Wes Gilbertson. And this hour has been the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450 or explore the full line of safes at calgarylockandsafe.com.